All right, everybody. Welcome to Q Points, the mobile DJ podcast. My name is Anthony. Alongside me is co-host Will Bruner. What is up, guys? Are, wow. you, exci- are you excited to be here I'm, or what? I'm too excited. So um, I want to start off with just uh, how did you get me here? <laughs> Let's start off with that. How did I get you yeah, here? Yeah, how did you get me here? How are we right, doing so this right now? I've worked for Will for a little over a year. Yeah, it's been, yeah. Uh, a, a, a year and a half? Yeah, a year and a half. You have a history in radio I and do. broadcasting. We actually knew each other before we knew each other. Yeah, let's let's tell that story first. <laughs> right. So, um, well, we are currently broadcasting from LIU Post in Brookville, New York, and at WCWP 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. As you can tell, I probably have done that once or twice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I went to school for radio, and I ended up getting a job with JVC Broadcasting, which is currently based in Ronkonkoma, New York. And they had a station, which was 103.9 LI News Radio, which still exists today, inside MacArthur Airport. Q in Anthony. So Anthony happened to work there. What, so what did you do Yeah, there? so I pushed the wheelchairs for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for the, the airlines. And um, the radio station was like right in the baggage claim. So anytime I would go into baggage with, with the passengers I was pushing... I'd see Will in there. But we didn't know. I didn't know we knew him each yet. Other. Yeah, we actually didn't but know that we knew each other. I knew other. his face. And then, you know, later on after we met, and we actually, we had met because my girlfriend convinced me to run a 5K. And it's not that I don't like to run, but, well, I don't like to run that much <laughs> I don't think when I don't have actually to. Likes to run. Or, it's not even that I don't like to run, but I'm running and paying to run. You know, I had to actually yeah. pay to enter that, you know, race. But it was for a good cause. It was for ovarian cancer, so that was you know, really cool. So uh, anyway, I ran the race. And as I'm sure a lot of DJs know, whenever you're in the room and there's speakers, sound, or someone does anything with any inkling towards anything that you do, you somehow gravitate towards that person. So of course, after we finish the race, I'm somehow, Molly can't find me, who's my girlfriend, because I'm on stage talking (laughs) Anthony's ear off and just trying to, you know, you know, he has nice equipment, it looks like, and, you know, he's good on the microphone. So in my head, I'm like, I'm going to go talk to this guy and see what else he works for. As soon as you walked up, I recognized you. Like, I I knew your face. Did we feel, did we realize it that day? I wasn't sure. I don't think you knew me. No, I I, I definitely didn't. When I was in that little bubble, I don't know if I told you that I recognized you either until later on. Yeah, I think it was after I made you text me. Yeah. Because he actually didn't follow through at first. (laughs) So I had given him my number and I said hey listen text me and he gave me like a business card or something that I put in my wallet and like two weeks go by I don't hear from him and where we left it was that he was really interested in working with me because you know he was really just doing his own private events and uh, he wasn't really working for another company so I wanted to jump on that so it took about two weeks I finally reached out to him and I was like hey dude you know what's up I haven't heard from you like and he was like oh man you know I'm really interested. Sorry, I haven't. So anyway, long story short, he came in and uh, we ended up finding out we used to work in the same building without even knowing each other. And, uh, you know, a year and a half later, and we actually did the same race this year, that same race. And uh, not only did I run it, but I also co-sponsored it. So mm-hmm. it's actually kind of like a cool full circle thing we got yeah, going it, on. It all came and, full uh, circle. And now, yeah. you know, Anthony's, you know, you know, my top guy pretty much. And uh, he... You know, I never have the any type of um, not wanting to send him or anything like that. It's just when I know he's on a job, I can just relax and uh, not have to be worried about it at all. And then he comes to me and he says, hey, I want to make a podcast show. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I could do that. And this was, by the way, let's just talk about the fact that you didn't remember I was in radio when you asked me. 
You were like, it's not that I didn't remember. I just didn't think about it. That's true. I didn't think you'd be able to like help this much. Like we're we're in a professional studio right oh, now. Yeah, so, I so, never thought this was gonna so happen. So well, like, explain how it first started. Like the grassroots of you know us talking about it, and we looked right, up so, equipment. Yeah. I went to Will, well, I didn't actually go to you. I texted you and said, hey, I want to start a podcast. And he was like, okay, yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. I'm in. And we were on like Amazon. Right. We look, were going to do it out of my massive office where yeah. we have to break down and set up every day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, we were looking up different equipment. And then all of a sudden- I was like, it, like oh yeah, I could afford this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I was like, well, like we, could, yeah, we could buy that. We could buy this, you know? Because I mean, really to start a podcast, you need a couple really good microphones and a mixer. However, if you're going to continually, you know, bring in new feeds and do different things that I don't ever like to, um, is ass a curse? It's not a curse, right? They say it on no, radio. can say that, yeah. All right, so I didn't want to half-ass our studio. Not to mention, I didn't also feel like breaking it down every day. Yeah. Because if we're doing it out of my office, you know, it's kind of like I got to meet a client. Oh, wait, just kidding. We have to make a podcast now. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I just thought, I was like, wait a second. I went to a radio station. I also work at the school because we do all of their events. So I was like, I'm going to call, you know, the station manager who's Dan Cox. Very good friend. You know, I, I, st- I try to stay on his good side as much as I can. Um, and, uh, yeah, and he was like, no, you can totally do it. So, you know, now we have a real studio and we can really take advantage of the fact that we can make this the best possible, you know, show it could be. And I really think that being in the area that we are, you know, there's a lot of DJs out there. There's a lot of people in the event space. Yeah, for sure. And they all have their own stories and they all have, you know, things they're looking forward to, you know, hearing about. And, you know, I feel like the only things really that, and this is more your space, I feel like, than mine, because I don't really get out there as much and listen to these other podcasts and other, you know, shows, or I go and go to the DJ Expo, and I feel like that's really, like, the special sauce that you're you're going to bring to it. Yeah, I mean, I love to be involved in the DJ community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I make the vlogs on YouTube and everything. Oh, yes, you do. And um, I get a lot of viewers on there, and I get to talk a lot of... I get to talk to a lot of other DJs, and um, yeah, it's just an awesome community, and this is a great opportunity for us to contribute to it in a way that no one's really doing. Yeah, I I, I looked it up. I didn't really see- I was going to ask you that. Did you look it up before you did? Because I didn't. Yeah, yep. Okay. I I did my research. There's really no other like mobile DJ podcast where we're focused on like- mobile DJ like itself. I'm sure there's a lot of house and club DJ stuff yeah, like that right of course you know yeah. like I hear them on Sirius XM and a lot of that is just mixing like right. they do interviews and everything but yeah it's usually some nothing... European DJ who's like yeah, yeah you can't you relate know. to that guy it, yeah <laughs> I got you know you know I, I would have more in, 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 in Geta than you know uh, Swedish House Mafia who is coming back by the way that's gonna be exciting I They're I'm, good. I'm hyped about that <laughs> that's gonna be awesome but yeah no so I thought that was a really intriguing idea and also, as someone who's an MC myself, I have no problem talking. <laughs> mm. So that was, um, I thought it was a cool idea, man. And uh, here we are. I'm Not that long after. I mean, we got this together pretty quick. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely think that. Um, I think I told you about it like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And I, w- I don't like to mess that, around, man. Yeah, Let's no. just get it going. Let's With, just figure it out. Within that, that span of time, we had a studio. We had the topics to talk about. Like, we knew what, what direction we were going. So. Big kudos to you for for help, and thank you to LIU for yeah, thank you for having for us, us and letting and... me back in the building. And they changed <laughs> the locks a few times, but uh, yeah. I'm really good at you know unlocking they you know keep other people's hearts. <laughs> no, they, they they couldn't keep me out. So um, 
I want to start off, and I and when I say I want to start off, there are no cue points in front of me. No pun intended. There are there are there are there's. An, I have no. You know, we kind of made a Google sheet, and I said let's talk about some stuff, and we kind of went back and forth. But I just want to. Uh, how did you get into DJing? And the reason I asked that, and I don't have you ask me, is because I have a passion for business, and my business always comes first before my mixing and everything like that. You have such a passion for the music, and I see it at every mm-hmm. event you do. So I'm sure that you can relate to a lot of people listening. How did you get into DJing and music itself? Yeah, so um, I, I've always sort of been into music. Um, in elementary school, I played the tuba. Uh, I never really did anything instrumental-wise after that, but um, I was always really into music. Uh, I, I listened to a lot of punk Mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of hip-hop. And then uh, I went to a Sweet 16, and I saw the DJ. And I was like, man, that's got to be a cool job. Like, th- they get to party every weekend. Um, it just looked like the best time in the world. Yeah. So I thought about it, and I was like, well, I mean, I, I could probably do that, right? So um, actually, I got a gift card to Best Buy. Okay. And Shout I out s- to Best Buy. <laughs> We are not sponsored by them. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. So um, I got the gift card and I went to Best Buy and um, I got this very small mixer. It was like maybe uh, the size of a 15-inch laptop. Okay. And it hooks up into your iPad, which I had at the time, on the DJ app. And that's how I started learning. I basically taught myself. Um, I never really worked for anybody at that point. At that mm-hmm. point, I I never had a mentor or anything. I just mixed, and then I realized, you know, maybe I'm ready to start doing events mm-hmm. and jobs. And <laughs> I actually, um, my mom was in the PTA with our local school district. Shout out so to PTAs, we love you. We love PTAs, and um, she got me a gig at my local elementary school where I actually went. Oh, okay. It, the first one was a Valentine's Day dance, and. Um, <laughs> It was so embarrassing. I had like home theater speakers that I used. and Man, I am sure nine out of 10 people listening, I'm sure 10 out of 10 people listening started. Yeah, everybody you know. starts somewhere, you know. But at the time, I was like, all right, this is a good start, I guess. It was loud enough. Mm-hmm. So, and the kids didn't really notice. I guess it's good that the first one was for kids because sure. they didn't care what equipment I had. Or, right. And it was really good practice to like interact with them and try to match their energy level because... They're bouncing off the walls, running all over the place. Yeah, of course they are. But wow. yeah, that was uh, that was a good start. And then from there, I just invested in equipment, uh, started my own company, Leading Arts Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. And um, yeah, it's just been going up from there. So you've been doing private events for how many years? Uh, I think this year makes seven. Seven years. Seven okay, years, so that's, yeah. uh, that's a pretty good amount of time. Yep. So now... But however, I know that you have you know worked pretty hard in the club scene. Oh yeah. How did you? How did how did that happen? Because that's totally different. Well, when I started DJing, I got really into EDM. Okay. Electronic dance music, and um, if you don't know what EDM is, come on. How did you find this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah. I got really into it. I was listening to a lot of like 128 BPM. I was like so. Shout into out Pitbull. <laughs> Pitbull is the go-to for when you're starting a dance set. Pitbull saved the dance floor. I think he, so. I think he did. If you can I think, think so. about it, how many hits have he either featured or he is the main artist? 
he saved dance music. And so many people just open up their dance floor with Pitbull. It's it's like, yeah, it's it's a very repetitious thing. However, he just found a beat that works, mm-hmm. and he adds in three cities. I I've seen this meme. I don't know if you have ever seen it. It's like how to make a Pitbull song, and it's like say a couple words in Spanish, <laughs> mention three different um, places, and then go. Cayocho, something like that. It's like, Dale. Yeah. LA, you post. LA, New York City. Let's go. Exactly. You know, so. exactly. But continue. And there's another meme, actually, oh. uh, from the movie We Are Your Friends. Okay. It's like, 128 is a, a lifestyle, mom. I'm not going to get through it. Or like true. something like that. Listen, man, 128 is a good- It's not just a, a phase. It's a lifestyle. It's, it, it's a way of life, bro. Exactly. So so anyway, so you're in the club so, scenes. Are you listening to these 128? I got so into that that type of music. And um, I was watching all the live sets from like Ultra and mm-hmm. Tomorrowland, and I was like, you know what? I could probably do that too. Have you been to any of those? Uh, con- uh, I went to Electric Zoo, which is basically our Ultra E-Zoo, in yeah. New York, and I went to EDC New York, mm-hmm. and just fell in love. Every experience was just head over heels in love. Like you wanted to be on that stage, absolutely. I kind of want to be on that stage, but also the guy pressing the pyro button. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that guy is... The amount of money they spend on pyro, I mean, I mean, they just finally... You know, as, as a DJ community, we just got sparklers. Like, that's <laughs> We're cool. Getting We're, We're getting there. there. <laughs> they're being banned Indoor a lot, pyro but is, they're, is definitely they're making their way out there. The but um, there's nothing like watching an Izu or an Ultra or, you know, any of those festivals. I mean, they are just on another level, but I'm sure they inspire so many people that Absolutely. become DJs because, you know, that's what they want to do. I bet a lot of people that are listening now. Yeah, you know, actually, I went to school I with um, this guy, Mike, and now he's part of a group called One Duo. Oh, and, I love One Duo. Yeah. Okay, I went to high school with him, with the guy, Mike, and I mean, they are just living their passion, and they're doing good, and you know, yeah, it takes time, it's not an overnight thing, but, um, you know, if you really push yourself, you know, you can really make it happen. So what, what's what been your favorite um, venue that you've performed at? Um, my first actual club gig, believe it or not, was Webster Hall. Man, which you, was you, man, huge. So, so you, don't, you don't crawl, you don't walk, you just I got you just thrown sprint. right into it. You just sprint, man. And the night I was there, Tiesto, which is like the grandfather of EDM, Seriously, was yeah. there. So it, it was just like- What does that like, feel like? It was unreal. That's... He went on after my set. I was upstairs in the balcony lounge, and then I came downstairs into the main stage, and I was like hanging out in the back with my friends. And he comes on stage, and I, like, I started sweating. Like, I was like, "Oh my god! Like, this is so cool." That's. I mean, you realize like, this is most the scene people... that I'm in right now is um, Tiesto just walked in. Like, I just that's don't. Amazing. And how did you get that gig? Uh, actually, I saw an ad on Instagram uh, looking for DJs and promoters. Okay. And we'll get into this in another episode probably. But um, I had a lot of ups and downs in the club scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. But I, you, put, you threw yourself out there. Yeah. I put myself out there. I spoke to the promoter and he was like, yeah, let's get you in here. You have to sell this amount of tickets. Mm-hmm. And boom. And I did it. And There's a lot of, you know, that's the, I would say that's one of the hardest things about getting into the scene is being able to throw yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, especially being able, you know, not everyone can talk on a microphone. I think that's one of the hardest things to learn in life itself. Yeah. That, is being able to talk in front of a group. Yeah, that was super hard for me because yeah. I have a stuttering problem. Well, I mean... I, I haven't done it that bad yet, but... No, I, but yeah. I give you so much credit, man, because, you know, Anthony first came into the office and 
he stuttered and I didn't know how to approach it because I didn't want to come out and ask yeah, and be that to, like, guy. Be like I'm like, seeing a party and then duh, 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 and... I also don't want <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's not what I was but I'm saying like, you know, I'm not the type of person that's gonna come out and be like, Hey bro, by the way, what you know, what's up with your what's up with your mouth, man? Why you know, I would never do yeah, that. No, I mean so, I, I completely would uh understood but right but i did come I out and ask and i was like, like yeah, hey listen nice about and I, I barely even got out the words and you know anthony was just like for you know for some reason and he has a great vlog what's the what's your what's the uh, youtube tag just so they can find your vlogs anthony garcia dj vlogs. You, you have to watch them and there's this one that he put up and he didn't even tell me he put it up and i found it and it really was just like really inspiring and it just it, it he explained his speech impediment and how it really only happens when it's just a generalized conversation, when he's thinking about the words, you know, it never happens. I remember I, the Sweet Sixteens that, you know, we have done together, you know, I'm emceeing. I'll walk out the room and I'll leave him with the mic and he'll be fine. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it never happens on the mic. You, it's, would, it's you would never know. It's just it's really amazing. And uh, but the fact more so, mo most people have a problem talking in front of groups. Most people have a problem talking in front of a microphone. Mm -hmm. Take those two things and add in a speech impediment. And it's truly remarkable, man, like how you put yourself out there and you only get better, you know, every day. I'm very lucky to be where I am yeah. now despite that. Yeah, no, no, uh, I, I feel like I that's only pushed you for harder. To work through it. You know, and, to work yeah. through it. So, no, I just, I think that, I think that's so cool. And uh, the fact that, you know, already on stage with Tiesto, I mean. That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm sure that kind of like was like I can do this like this is what I want to do. Oh yeah, like, I was like, all right, if I'm here tonight with Tiesto, like if this is my night, starting night, my like, first night in the club scene, I'll make it. Don't worry. You can. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 what would um, what would be your advice to someone who is sitting at home right now and they've got their Mackies on top of their desk mm -hmm. and they're blasting the music in their ears and they're putting together samples and they want to get and do the clubs and everything? What would be your advice to them? I would say don't be shy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you definitely have to just get out there and do it. You just have to get yourself out there and know your worth. I mean, in the beginning, absolutely. In the beginning, That's listen, huge. you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to, you know, dust the floors. I, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. use that analogy for some reason, but you know, you you, you got to do the groundwork in order to get up there. Yeah. However, always know at the end of the day, and this is true because we'll get into this later. But this is something I've learned. At the end of the day, you're still a human being. And you need to be treated with respect and you're going to have bosses in your life that show you the opposite of that and they're going to treat you like dirt and use that don't cry don't go home use it to learn everything not to do and it will only make you a better person a better boss and exo facto a better dj mm -hmm. so that's what i would say about every that, experience that you that you go through leads to motivation and yeah. knowing your worth and you got to be being brave. able to put out there what you're worth like is. it's a lot of the, the there are so many cliches but it's it's really true though it's like if you if you just go through life and you know everything gets handed to you or or you know you don't have any hiccups you know how do you know your true potential you know you don't you haven't learned exactly. anything you know what i mean and like yeah you can you can have a lot of great success but you need to have some things happen unfortunately but they're not unfortunate because they're going to teach you how to become better, yeah. how to train your craft, how to, you know, oh, maybe I should bring backup batteries for the microphone for ceremony because, oh, wow, we don't have a microphone yeah, at the moment. Yeah. You know, there are all these little tidbits and they only come with experience. And if you respect the game, 
and you and you push forward and you know you don't come in with this ego and unfortunately I mean, we're in a space where everyone thinks they're Tiesto sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's always a hard thing to get past. It's a very uh, saturated market, especially here in Long Island. And the tri-state area itself. So, I mean, you're talking, yeah. you know, Philly, you know, Connecticut, Jersey, New York City, the Long Island. I mean, it, it really does add up to uh, a very, very saturated market. But I feel like I feel like we've done pretty well as far as coming together, especially on Long Island, trying to build a community of at least people that are able to talk to each other. And that's what this is all about. Absolutely. You know, like, what is your goal from doing this podcast? I want to, when you listen to this podcast, I want you to either learn something, feel more confident about what you're doing, um, maybe even give your two cents, because we're all over social media. Yeah, why don't you give those? Like, uh, why don't you um, give those tags real quick? Where they, can they find us? Facebook, over, Instagram, Q Points Podcast, Q Points all Podcast, and that's then they, all they, over Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, everything. Q Points Podcast, yeah. and we're working on the website right now, so that's not up yet. But um, yeah. So one thing you would leave the audience with—they've listened to 22 minutes so far, and they're on the fence, and they're not sure. You know, mm, could this be something I listen to weekly or not? What would be one thing that you would leave them with to assure them? that they should be coming back for more. There is so much ahead of us right now. We are going to talk about everything mobile DJing and whether you want to learn something or you want to be a part of the conversation, this is the podcast. This it is it, the Q Points podcast right here because there's nothing DJs like better than standing in a room in, in the cocktail hour and the upstairs DJ and the downstairs DJ are just shooting the breeze, talking about you know DJing, and just the lifestyle that we happen it's to live. Amazing community. Amazing. Q Points Lifestyle will be back after this. If you're enjoying the Q Points Mobile DJ podcast, then you gotta give us a follow. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Q Points Podcast for giveaways, product reviews, and so much more. That's Q Points Podcast on all social media platforms. Check us out. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Will from the Q Points Mobile DJ podcast, and we would love to get your opinion and your take on the DJ world in today's day and age and how much it's changed and everything going on and having to do with the mobile DJ universe. Give us an email at qpointspodcast at gmail.com and let's get you involved in the conversation. Again, that's qpointspodcast at gmail.com. We'll speak to you soon. All right, everybody, welcome back to Q Points Mobile DJ Podcast. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> I'm Anthony, and I'm alongside co-host Will. Yeah, so we, we need to get a soundboard, by the way. I wanted to get that. <laughs> I got all my cool little effects. We'll work on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that. So, uh, so we're back here. So uh, Q Points Mobile DJ Podcast, where can they find us? On all social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, actually, we don't have a Twitter. Do we have a Pinterest? I lied. No. So we're not everywhere. Maybe not all social media. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, uh, Q Points, podcast, all one word. All one word, guys. Yep. So you could find us there. So yeah, so we, we talked about last segment, uh, how Anthony got started, um, some of his um, aspirations in the DJ world, and a couple of uh, little quick tidbits for people to yeah, keep in mind. Yeah, we dove in. A little bit about like the the club scene and everything yeah if you wanted to start there and we'll get into that 
in other oh, episodes. Oh, yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have a little, uh, yeah, little downplay of each, each of those segments, absolutely. But now, in turn, I want to ask you, Will, how did Oof, you start? I'm in the hot seat. All right, so um, how did I get into this crazy world? I actually started out on the opposite side. I worked in catering. And I was Actually, a, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I was a captain at a, at a catering hall in Long Island. And I would, you know, assist the bride and groom and make sure everything was going well, working alongside the maitre d'. And the house DJ at the time, I was very good friends with, and he was very interested in hiring me. However, the owner of the venue saw it as a conflict of interest because, you know, he didn't want to lose one of his top waiters and uh, to the other side. So I ended up finding a job actually on craigslist and um as a dj now i just side note i had never dj'd before ever like at all i just knew how to talk and were I was you always... looking for a dj job or not really no what i did just you i was really on, on this was at this point i was craigslist. i was 17 so i just typed in mobile dj companies looking for hire okay and i was just like let me give it a try and i was always a very outgoing you know, adolescent and child. I mean, I had at 10, I had my own car wash from like at oh, wow. seven. I had a store outside of my front door and I would buy Entenmann's cakes. I would sell a bunch of stuff. You're a natural born. Yeah. Entrepreneur. I, I, I mean, everyone in my family owns their own business. So it was always for me, it was always uh business, business, business. I never really held a nine to five because what would happen was I would figure out how to do it and I would try to do it better. And I would figure out, well, if I just took on those expenses, I could make a higher profit than I would be making an hourly wage. And that was kind of, you know, what drove me. And when I was working at the catering hall at that time, I had five jobs all at the same time. I mean, I was I was killing it. I mean, as, as, as you know, a 16, 17 year old kid, I mean, I was bringing in really good money. Put it this way. Before I even that, I had that job, I sold candy door to door. I was one of those wow. kids with the with the Coca-Cola cart crate and selling the Reese's peanut butter cups, you know, shout out Jimmy. And uh <laughs> I was I was like 14 and I was making 300 a week, easy. You know, what I mean, I I bought two cars by the time I was 16, like I worked I worked my ass off. We could say ass. So I'm saying it again. <laughs> I'm going to use the crap out of that word. Um I did. But anyway, long story short, got into catering, stayed there for about 2 years and then I try I was like, let's try this mobile DJ thing. So I go in for the meeting and I get hired and I get hired as a DJ making um, 25 an hour and they were going to provide me all the equipment. Now, I had never been a DJ, remember, so you would think there would have been some sort of training. Well, there wasn't. Oh, no. So I was sent on my first gig because you always know your first gig. You always know where you started. I see where this is going. So I had two beat to crap Mackies and I had a analog mixer with a laptop with a pc laptop and virtual dj and a small little hard drive and they sent me out basically no training at this point and i went to a hall on long island and i did a four-hour communion downstairs and i mean it went well i mean it didn't go bad i never really had too many gigs ever go bad or south things would happen but they were mostly not my fault. You know, kids falling off their dad's shoulders when they were drunk on musical chairs. Oh, boy. Things like that happening. But um, anyway, long story short, I so I took the job and I started learning. And now when I say learning, I don't mean properly learning. When you learn to DJ, you learn to DJ on a mixer, right? Like, you know, the, the I learned to DJ with a laptop connected to an analog mixer. So there was no scratching. Wow. There was no, there wasn't even DJing. It was really just, just had to go from one song one to song, another. I was literally just a move. I was a mobile iPod. Wow. 
Wow. That's what I, and really just using the microphone to, you know, facilitate, you know, the events. So, yeah, so that happened. And uh, about three months later, the general manager of that company got fired. And I moved into actually that spot. So I was the head DJ. And granted, I hadn't been DJing more than six months at this point. And I put the DJ in air quotes because I look back and I wasn't really a DJ. I was really an iPod, but I was able to talk and put myself through. And um, I ended up becoming the the main DJ, so I took every gig. And, I mean, they weren't doing, you know, high-end gigs. So, I mean, there would be, you know, weekends where I would pull a double or triple on a Saturday. And then I would have two events on. I was doing probably like eight gigs a week at wow. least. So you hustled. Yeah, I hustled and I was making not great money, but I hustled. And, you know, I, I learned I learned so many things when I worked for that company that uh, taught me so much. Yeah, they were truly invaluable in, in, in all the worst ways possible. I mean, moving, in, moving into not only being the DJ, but I also took care of all the bookings. So learning learning sales but it's interesting for me because i was already able to sell i learned every way not to sell i learned all the cons i learned the, the ways that you know really made you know a good salesman and a shady salesman and like you know to this day the guy who i worked for you know we don't see eye to eye i just found out actually that he was really interested in reaching out to me and you know, it was an interesting time in my life. I was in a long, long, long-term relationship that was a lot of stress. I had this job that was a lot of stress. I mean, it didn't matter if it was six in the morning or midnight. If there was a call to the office, it was forwarded to my phone, and I was getting yelled at on the other end. I better book it. Wow! Like that was like my life for like two years. Now, when you're starting out, I mm-hmm. think the knowledge and the experience is way more valuable than money at that point. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I had a. Um, a pretty high maintenance girlfriend at the time, so money was <laughs> definitely important. However, I was doing well enough. I mean, listen, if I'm if I'm doing eight gigs a week, even at twenty twenty five bucks an hour, I mean, I'm still making decent money. It's just I'm working my tail off. Mm-hmm. I'm like literally, all I did was work, you know. And and we just didn't do just DJs. I would be I would have to do character appearances. I was in the office doing the sales. We had we sold giveaways, so I was working in the retail aspect. Like I would, we had bounce houses, and you know. You would think, for most people, you would think at this point, like, okay, this is clearly a short-term job. Get out and run. Don't buy into the business and become his partner. Don't buy into his business and become his partner. Clearly, I did that. So (laughs) I ended up becoming a partner in the business. And uh, that didn't last very long. Um, We ended up having a huge blowout. And I ended up selling my portion of the business. And I stopped DJing altogether. I was so sick of it. I was so sick of the business. Uh, The whole fun of it was tainted for me and I just all I wanted to do was figure out something else to do and at this point again I didn't have a passion for the DJ I didn't I had a passion for business and it just so happened that this was the business I was in for the last three to four years was catering and events and special events so I just I stopped doing it and I went back to my I had other jobs that I knew I could go back to so I went and started doing other things and about I sold and I sold everything. All I had left were two crappy little uh, JBL JRX 115s and a 2000 watt crown amp. I sold everything else I had the big lights, the TVs, all of it. And I get a call from uh, a good friend of mine, and he had a DJ company, mostly a casino company, but he did some small DJ events, and it was a mitzvah. And he asked me to MC it. 
And I told him I didn't want to do it. I can literally remember the conversation. I was in the shower when he called me. And I was just like, dude, I, I don't want to do it. I have no ambition to do it. And he was like, dude, pays 250 You know, I, you know, I, I know you could use the money. So I was like, you know, I really could use the money. So I ended up taking it. And we did the event. And it, it wasn't bad. I had a good time. And it just so happened the next week. I got a call, a private call from a client of mine that I used to have at the old company, but I did everything for her. I did her Sweet 16, I did her dance stuff, I did everything, and they had a dance coming up at, another, at, a, at a venue, and she asked me if I could do it. So I said, you know, yeah, I can. And, you know, you normally, you know, if, you, if most people that did that, they're just going to take the gig and, you know, you know, take the cash and go. Right. No, no, I went and bought a domain name, and I made a company, and I started, I started facilitating all the things I had to do while doing this and also I had the, I was at the radio station at the time so I was working at you know JVC broadcasting so I'm try, I'm making this all happen I had a friend that was a lawyer he started getting me ready to be incorporated oh, and wow. this is in this was in um, March of 2014 this is when it all kind of started so this is where enjoyable entertainment it was really the, it was came to life. it was the premise yeah we ended up incorporating in June but we started getting everything together in uh, I had I had really crappy contracts I had the god awful you know, logo and like <laughs> staples business cards. Like, I mean, you couldn't have gotten worse. And about two days before the event, uh, she calls me, the, the, the client. And she's like, hey, we want to do a video montage. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Done. And she's like, yeah, we need a TV on a stand. And I was like, easy. No worries. I had no money. I had a stand. I had no TV. So the next day, um, you know, everyone comes home for dinner like normal. I'm actually going to go work the event. And uh, I got a call from my mom. And she's like, why is the living room TV missing? <laughs> and that's because it was at the event with me. Because I've, I took it. I've done that before. And then I've I took, that. so the, the, and the event went great. And I ended up taking that TV, bringing it back, putting it on the, putting it on the wall, and then going to Best Buy with the money I just made and buying a TV. And now that was a service that I could offer and make a profit off of. And that is basically snowballed into how the business started. And for two years, I didn't take a single paycheck. Every single dime I made went back into the business. And so that was June of 14 is when we incorporated. So we're going on our fifth year in business. And uh, we have five trucks. We've got, you know, more equipment than I know where to store. We have an office. We have a warehouse. We have a second warehouse out east. And... The most important thing to me is, you know, such an incredible staff. And I try to really push that. And I feel like a lot of people take advantage of how good the people that work with them around them are. Because I can't, I'm one man. I can only do one party at a time. And for us to become a real legitimate company, we need to be able to service multiple people at the same time. And I couldn't do that without an incredible staff and you and guys like Chris and guys like Mike, I mean, are so invaluable. And to me... If you don't show your, you know, the people who work with you and not for you, that's really important. You work with me, you work for me, but that doesn't need to be re reiterated. We, we both know that, but you work with me because to, we're a team and the people that try to, you know, be high and mighty. And again, it goes back to that ego we talked about earlier. If you talk, if you, you lead that way, you are only leading yourself to failure. So, you know, we, we do a fun Christmas party and I make sure you guys all know how appreciated you are and you know, you get pay, you get compensated correctly, and all those things have really made us be able to prosper and continue to grow. And I mean, 
honestly, I mean, I'm living, you know, shout out Mike's situation. I'm living my best life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really am. I have a great family. I have a great girlfriend now. I have a great, you know, company that does well and everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. And at the end of the day, I say this all the time because I mean a lot of people in networking and stuff like that. The greatest part of being an entrepreneur is putting money in people's pockets. There's nothing that brings me more joy than putting money in your pocket and everybody else's pockets because it's such a cool feeling being able to do that. And at the end of the day, if there's something for me to take home, that that's, you know, so so that is, um, and then I guess I'll, I'll summarize it real quick. And just to make it full circle, that guy who gave me my first MC job after I left, shout out Sean, I ended up buying his company in 2015. So I bought a casino company and added that onto my company. So like we were talking about earlier with, you know, going full circle, that kind of happened too. So, uh, so I'm sure there was some things in there you wow. didn't even know. Yeah, no. So, uh, so yeah, so that's a, I know. learned a little bit from you just now. And, um, just to add to what you were just saying, one of the first things you said to me was, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. Right. Like I'm not selfish. Like, yeah, you, you, you'll make what you deserve and all that. Exactly. Yeah. So since day one, yeah, dude, because and that and that, but that's why you're here. You know what I mean? It's like there are so many easy ways, and that was something I learned from that first job. Is you know, other people are so worried about making that extra fifty dollars. You know, cutting you out, or we're not giving you the tip. Like there are companies who actually take the tips from the the client and don't give them to the people who worked for it. Yeah, that's that's not You know right. what I mean? That, that, and it, that's it, not how you treat your guys. But that's cause... how a lot of people do. And that's why they, they, they don't grow the way that we've been growing is because I want everyone to wake up on the weekend and be like, oh, I got a gig tonight. We're going to kill it. We're going to do awesome. The couple's going to be happy. We're going to be happy. We pro- Hopefully we'll get a great tip and the people on the dance floor will enjoy themselves. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you're like, you're loving what you do. And... If I'm gonna st- if I'm gonna stand here and stunt the growth of what your potential is, when this is what you want to do, you know what I mean. This isn't like it's a uh, you know a lot of people you know they have other jobs, they do other things, but like when you're in this space and you're committed to this space, this is your baby. And to be gig based is very difficult, especially here on Long Island. I mean, we're in the, what the second most expensive area in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to love what you do, or else why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, and I really see that from you is the true passion that you have. And I feel like that passion ended up leading us in to why we, you know, Q Points Podcast is, yeah. you know, coming to life. Yeah, this this job, the, the the mobile DJ job is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Right? If you're not having fun, the party goers are going to see that. Right. They're, they feed off of our energy. Yep. Absolutely. So if you're not having fun, you're not being treated right. The business is not going to thrive. And the most amazing thing is that, you know, people tend to think it's such a cutthroat business because it's so saturated. It's so saturated because the island's so saturated. We do these wedding showcases or any of these things and like I hear, oh, man, you must be so mad that there's other, you know, other DJs here. I'm like, no, I'm not. The greatest thing about capitalism is competition. Mm-hmm. It really is because it makes everyone be the best they possibly can. And if you're not you're not going to be in business too much longer. And it goes back to how you treat your guys. So when we do these shows, I've got plenty of friends that have companies and people ask, oh, what do you think of them? They're a good company. It's going to come down to the personality. What do you, you know, do you like him or do you like him or do you like us? 
You yeah, know, and you you would think that everybody would be at each other's throats and everything, but some people are. But those are the people who usually don't stick around. Right. You know, if if you have respect and um, and and you're a legitimate company, you know, you don't trash talk other people. You know, if they, because if someone's gonna if someone's gonna implode, let them do it themselves. Because I wouldn't want to go to someone who's throwing dirt at somebody else. You know what I mean? If I get axed, I axed, I answer honestly, but I'm always respectful. You know, what do you think of this company? I think this company does good work. You know, I think that we might have an edge over them for said said reason, but they do great work. And I'm not going to trash talk anyone or any venue or anything like that because it doesn't make you look good when you trash people. It doesn't. So, you know, that would be another thing that I really tell people, you know, when they're getting into this space or any space, you know, don't crap what you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, you see what I did there? I didn't, I didn't curse. See that? Um, but yeah, so... We got a couple minutes left. I want you to give kind of a preview of what you see, where you see this going as far as different topics and different ideas and things that you want to bring to the table that are going to make this, you know, listen worthy for the DJs out there and the, and the you know, the avid event goer that, well, that would be interested in this. We literally want to cover everything in the mobile DJ space. Mm-hmm. Um, we eventually are going to do interviews with... Other mobile DJs with um, the top names in the industry, yeah. with manufacturers mm-hmm. of, of the equipment that we use. Um, we are going to talk about um, all sorts of different topics that are going to help you further your career, yep. um, learn from us and and other mobile DJs. Yeah, at the end of the day, this is really a relationship business. Absolutely. Whether it's with the client, with your employee slash employer, with the manufacturers, with the people, you know, that you come into contact with daily. You know, it really, to your mechanic who works on your trucks that want to break down. Yeah. You know, they like you said before, like um, you knew the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Your friend was the lawyer right. who, who helped you get started. Yep. Uh, not just this business, but uh, specifically in this business, having relationships and being friends with everybody will yep. do nothing but benefit you. It, it, it comes down to that cliche, you know, you know a guy, I know a guy that knows literally anybody. Like if someone comes to me, I always joke around and I say, you know, when I'm meeting with a bride and groom or something like that, I'll be like, listen, we do everything. And they're like, what does that mean? And I'll be like, well, if you want a bounce house in your ceremony, no problem. You want a fire dancer at your reception, you got it. You know, we can, we make it happen. And if I don't have it, I'm sure a buddy of mine in the industry does. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't have it, I know he know, I know someone that does. And if not, I'll go out and find it because that's what we're about. We're about making connections, building relationships, and making people remember, you know, special days in their lives. Like, we, dude, we have the coolest job. Seriously, like, no BS. We have the coolest job. We literally go to parties and help people remember awesome days of their lives, their weddings, yeah, their anniversaries. The, one of the most important days right. of, of their entire life, and we're there to make it Yeah, and, prosper, and like the coolest you know? thing, and this is just starting to happen for me, but I know a lot of people you know, that have been in the industry 20 years and everything really see, is like if you do someone's wedding, and then all of a sudden you do the ch- their, their kid's first birthday, and then I, I know so many people who could say, I've done that girl Sweet 16 and her wedding. Like, you were part of their life for such important parts without even being a member of their family. And I have, I have so many clients that I have such close relationships with that I talk to 
regularly. Yeah, that's and, what ends and, up happening. And, and not because we have events, not because they're paying me, just because you make, you know, lifetime, you know, lifelong friendships with people. And I don't think you could find a cooler industry that could, you know, that you could choose to do. So once again, give us where they could find us, you know, what we're all about. Q Points Podcast, where can they find right. us, Anthony? So far, not all <laughs> social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook, Q Points Podcast, all one word. Uh, we're working on the website. Yep. Uh, we're looking to do all sorts of giveaways and um, looking for, uh, you know, some suggestions from you guys. So once we get that website up, we'll be able to accomplish that. Yeah, and if you you're interested, always, yeah, tell them. You could always reach out to us on our Facebook and Instagram. Send a DM. Slide in, baby. Slide, exactly. slide in into there. those DMs. I am. I'm really excited. I. I. I've, so, how do you think the first show went? You, you like it? Very well. All right. Very well. I think uh, we have a lot more to talk about. Oh yeah, I'm certainly not I done talking. I don't think this is one of those shows that, you know, after the first couple episodes, you you don't really have anything to talk about anymore. I think. I think we'll there's figure it out. so much that we can dive into. Q Points Podcast, baby. Q Points Podcast. Catch us here. We will be back pretty soon with another episode of the Q Points Podcast. Let's go, baby. <laughs>